So on behalf of where I, Dara Kalima, the community poet, chat with folks who speak on behalf of their respective communities. So today's guest is super dope, as you could even just tell by the shape of their hair. Um, like only people who have this amazing hair shape can actually, like they only dope people can do that. But that all said, I've known them for a while and they are so dynamic and so just, they're just awesome. Like right before we started this, they did something. I was like, I just love you. That was like the only response I could have to them because that's just what, that's what they inspire. And by the time this conversation is over, if you did not know this person before, you're going to love them too. That's what I'm going to say. So that all said, hey, tell folks your name. What's up, y'all? My name is Nora Oz. That's Oz like the wizard, but I'm magic. <laughs> I love it. So what's your pro- <laughs> what are your pronouns, Nora? Uh, she, her, hers. Nice. And then... What community? Oh, right, forget. I I jumped already. So tell us about yourself. Tell us oh. about yourself, Nora. Uh, <laughs> I am from Brooklyn. Oh, uh, yeah. Born and partially bred is what I say because I moved around <laughs> a lot. Um, but my parents are from Brooklyn. All my fam's in Brooklyn, so I rep that hard body. I have been writing since I was 13 years old, on and off. I am a published author. A podcaster a speech language pathologist uh fiance mm. um an instructor i've worked with you at poetics U as um a workshop facilitator and i purple is my favorite color mm. and um yeah i'm just i'm happy to be here Maybe that's why I'm wearing purple today. Ew. Maybe I ch- maybe somehow I just knew that because I was doing this interview, I had to wear purple. I think I think there's something in there that was just like, Dara, you must wear purple today. Because this is not what I wore today all day at work. But I just switched last minute. It was like purple today. It had to be for you. That's it was it. for you. I was oozing all of my energy. <laughs> my energy is always purple. We'll in the house every day, all day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I unfortunately heard you say Brooklyn because, you know, I'm from the Bronx, so I can't particularly co-sign that. But in addition to Brooklyn, you are also in Washington Heights. So what other communities do you represent? Oh, I feel like there's so many. Um, Well, I'm part of the D9. I'm a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. So that's definitely one of my communities. Uh, Brooklyn, all day, every day, stand up. Uh, poets. I am a poet. I am now an author because I published a book of poets. So that's another community. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I am an aspiring blogger. I am the baby in my family. I have babies. A- I'm, a ba- I'm a baby too. So team babies. Damn. Yes. Team babies. <laughs> uh, I have one older sister. We're eight years apart which definitely made for an interesting experience growing up. My brother is eight years older than me. So I get Yeah. Oh, man. See, it makes a difference, right? It's Mm -hmm. weird. It's weird sometimes. Like when I was 10, she was like a full 18. And that's when my sister joined the Air Force. So she was like gone 
for almost a year or something and I just had the room to myself so it felt like I was an only child because after that she was gone and I was yes. just like whole room just me <laughs> I mean people don't get it and I, I so my I have I have two and a half siblings or depending how you count people as old people I have three siblings but I have a half brother who I only met uh, I haven't even still met him in person, but I became more acquainted to him with him as an adult. Um, I've known about him since I was a teen, but I started interacting with him as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have my sister who was 10 years older than me. Both my half brother and my sister are 10 years older than me. Y'all wow. can figure that one out. And then my brother who's eight years older than me. So by the time both my brother and my sister were out of the house, yeah, I mean, you're still like a kid. And then they're all gone. And so then you're, you're an only child, essentially. So you're both the baby and the only child. It's a wild ride, man. <laughs> I was like, it just, and I, I'm like, I have to say it, it definitely made me more selfish, for sure. <laughs> because one, I'm the baby. So I was, I was already getting all the attention and all the love. And then, like, amidst my group of cousins, I was also, like, the good cousin, quote-unquote. So, like, whenever shit popped off, they were like, you see Nicole just sitting there so quietly? Why can't you all? So I was just like, I'm the shit. (laughs) And then I'm by myself in the house. So it was a lot of things piled on top of each other. My sister hated me in high school, hated me. She was just like you're so fucking full of yourself. I can't talk to you. And I was like, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I stand me. And I understand why. I was full force in high school. And then like I got to college and I kind of chilled out. And then I got sick. I have lupus. That's another community. I'm a part of the butterfly gang of lupus. And, um, and then I kind of like toned down and she was like, thank God you're a person now. It reminds me of, um, okay. Have you ever watched Daria? Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my faves. Okay. So there's an episode in Daria where she has to write an essay, um, like of the life that would happen in the future of how her family could be. And she writes a conversation of them just sitting at the table when they're older and her younger sister um Quinn Mm -hmm. she's just like super hella spoiled and like the worst and so they're having a conversation when they're older and Quinn admits she was just like I was terrible in high school I don't know how y'all put up with me I'm so happy that we're closer now (laughs) re-watching that episode older I realized I was like oh my gosh I'm Quinn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and me and my sister deadass had this conversation and wow. now we're like super close she's like my favorite travel buddy that's awesome see I don't think I was so um I I was more insecure so I didn't necessarily like I'm spoiled mm-hmm. I got my way a lot and when I didn't get my way my sister intervened so that I could get my way um but she's sort of like the she was the, like the the power broker she was making the deals on my mm-hmm. behalf look at that um but she, i mean my sister became a lawyer so it made sense wow <laughs> well i was like you had your own attorney <laughs> i did like she was well if you want this from mom you're gonna have to give her that oh okay i'll do that thing so get this like she she was she was brokering deals she was brokering deals back then um 
but like I but like I think there's some other things going on in the house that I wasn't necessarily a happy child so therefore I wasn't taking it like oh I'm great because there was so much wrong going on so I was more insecure but I definitely have been probably am spoiled <laughs> in some ways like I'm, I'm gonna take the like I'm still spoiled I'm so spoiled I'm but like I, I'm, I'm really, I'm still like really kind, giving, loving, and, and everything, and you know that. But I'm also like, oh, I don't have to do that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Like, oh, <laughs> you feel that for me. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna own that. I'm gonna own that, and it's nice being a baby. it's nice being a baby and like I had the same thing my family I wasn't a lot of people always like well why can't you be like Dara but it was like a lot of things that were informing me to be quiet and sit down and be proper and prim but also I was because everyone was so much older than me I also was like not included in stuff so when my family was always surprised when they saw me in my natural element and I was actually engaging with people because around the family I just sit there and I'm quiet and I'm just minding my own business and they were like, when I had my graduation party from high school, it was like, graduation, happy birthday, bon voyage party. So we did it all oh, in wow. one shot. Okay. <laughs> it was like one party, right? Like the next day I was off to college. And my family was like, that's Dara? <laughs> because I was with my friends. And so I'm sitting here like, hey, and I'm looking all cute. I had the short little skirt, I had the mini skirt Damn. on. And you know, I'm there. And, and I had the boyfriend there that nobody knew was my boyfriend. Yes. So I'm flirting with everybody and I'm having a good old time. You know, I was on a popping. Mm-hmm. And but like my family was like, who, who that? Because they ain't never seen me be talkative or that other version. Cause I'm always with the family. Like, hi. <laughs> like I'm just real quiet and just unassuming you wouldn't know they had no idea they had no idea because family i i'm the quiet one i observe i i'm the baby i know my place sit there be quiet listen observe and then giggle the heck out of it when i see what what happened because i saw that you think i didn't see that mm-hmm. i saw that <laughs> so sometimes i wish i was more that i wish i was more the quiet observant one I have moments like that, but those moments happen when I'm like tired or I'm angry at something. And so I just like sit and I watch shit and that's where I catch things. But I'm usually the loud one. I'm usually the one that like comes in and I'm like, yeah. I'm also always the late one to family functions, but I always come in fabulous and making an an entrance. Everyone's all like, Nicole's here. And I'm like, yes, bitch, I know you were waiting for me. (laughs) I always I come in and sit on the side. For me, but it, like, <laughs> they were not actually waiting for me, but they were just joyful that I was there. And I brought, I just reciprocated the joy. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we, we need the confident ones out there. You show us how to live. So when I grow up, even if I'm older, I still want to be like you one day. So there's that. And I want, I want to add a little you. I want to <laughs> sit down and be like, I want to silently arrive. And people are just like, you're here? And I'm like, I've been here for an hour. <laughs> and that, But that's that's what happens with me. People be like, does she even want to be here? Because people don't be remembering me. People don't notice me. I just be sitting here in the corner. I disappear. And then I appear. And then I sit back down and disappear again. <laughs> people don't even like, what just happened? Yep, that's and what that's just how happened. you learn shit. That's how you learn shit. 
that's how you're like wait really that's what's happening here? that's crazy i'm gonna sit back down <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a magic power so you have your magic power i have my magic power yeah. so <laughs> we just did a whole thing on, on being a baby but i don't think that's what we're talking about today so <laughs> that all said, <laughs> we're here on on behalf of podcasts to talk about which specific community which one are you speaking about today nora um i guess i want to talk about being like in the in-between i i call it the in-between generation so i think we are categorized as millennials but that's still question too because i think it's also like gen z it goes back and forth <laughs> but i was born in 1990 and so I grew up in this like space where it was like I remember needing the Dewey Decimal System to look up books but I also remember taking computer class and like playing Oregon Trail and taking typing classes <laughs> but then there's this other part where it's like I watched Rocket Power but I didn't watch Transformers so that's like a weird thing. So it's like my fiance was born in 88. So he's like Transformers and Thundercats and um, oh. like, yes. <laughs> um, and then, oh, we just like had a conversation about this too. It was like that show about like sharks, sh street sharks. They were sharks that like swam in the, in the streets. Like they were underwater, but they did it in the tar. Um, yeah, I feel like I know which one this is, but I feel like I also I'm not sure. Like I, I, I'm not. I, I'm okay. Continue. Yeah. Continue. So it's like I vaguely remember Street Sharks, but I wasn't like hard body watching it. But I never watched Transformers, and I never watched any of those shows. But those were like shows that kind of like made him. So it's this weird space that we like hover in, where we had we grew we were introduced to the technology in a format where we could grow with it but we were still shackled by all the expectations of previous years and rules that weren't compatible with where we were going but they were still taught to us and i think it really affected the way that i like showed up in spaces especially in terms of like school it was like, you have to go to college. You have to graduate. You have to get a degree, no matter what. That is the only path. And now in a space, like it's legitimately the span of what, seven years, seven, eight years. And that whole mindset was different. So there's like, like my younger cousins who didn't go to college and do their things. And, but it's like, one of my cousins went to college for art. And then another one of my cousins, she went to college to become like a marine biologist. And now she's working on TV sets and like jumping things. And now it's like expected for you to like jump jobs and do all these different career paths and have all these different skills. But that wasn't embedded, I feel like in my generation as kids to do that. It was like, this is the one path. And I think it's like, Oh, sorry, can I curse on this? <laughs> you've, you've done it already, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but I think it's just like disrupted our whole ability to have like a mental projection of where we can go. 
and we've had to like relearn, you know, while we were doing, which everyone has to do. It's like a whole process. We all have to learn while we're doing, but I just, I feel like as like late 80s, early 90s kids, it's like a harder reboot. It's a harder relearn because there were so many years where we were just told like, this is what you should be doing. And then we had technology that wasn't thought of as an outlet of growth and potential and things of that nature, unless you were like a super nerd and you were computer programming. So it was like, if it was like computer programmer or this is just for typing and you have to go to college. <laughs> Versus now where it's like, you can make a career out of this just on your computer doing random shit. And it's so, I loved growing up at this time. I had many wonderful things, Spice Girls, Pretty Pretty Princess, okay? Disney classics, okay? Disney Channel movies, Xenon the sequel, okay? Xenon Girls 21st Century, my jams, okay? I saw Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston when it premiered on television, okay? Beige, recorded it on my VHS, still got that bad boy. <laughs> Great times. But definitely think that it had a, a significant impact that left shackles that we then had to recognize and then break off with that. I feel like it's with anyone. I feel like everyone goes through that, but I don't know. I have a question because I've, I've, I've been like looking up as you're talking, I'm listening to you, mm -hmm. but I've also been looking up your, your year of birth, yeah. where it lands in the millennials and gen, like, like what the millennial time period is and it being Gen Y, because technically you're dead smack in the middle of millennials. So you're not, you're not on the cusp in that group. You're dead smack in the millennials. So then I wonder, is the question more so that this generation has had mixed messages? Yeah. Because like, I'm thinking about like my niece, my, eld my oldest niece is born at the end of this group. So she's the old, my oldest niece is a, is the end of the millennials. My other two nieces are Gen Zs. It, I think it's a, a lot of mixed messaging because I feel like our generation is so, it seems larger than other generations. It's like they scooped up all the years that were after the 60s. They were just like, all of y'all, millennials. <laughs> and you're like, these are very different. <laughs> These are very different categories. And they're For the like, record, one group. <laughs> I feel offended that you just said that statement because you know what you just did when you said that statement, right? You erased X out of the conversation. Oh, was that Gen X? Yes. <laughs> Gen X comes about. after the 60s. Okay. So, so, okay. So it was like, okay, fine. Baby boomers, Generation X. When does Generation X stop? 80. 80. Okay. So that, so the millennials, as we are categorized, includes my sister, who's eight years older than me. She was born in 82. Mm -hmm. My, my cousin, he was born in, he was born in 88. My fiance was born in 88. My other older cousins who are like 
now in their 40s. And then me, who I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then <laughs> I'm like, and then where does it end? It ends at 96. 96. So these people are just at the in their late getting to their late 20s. Right. It's so I what I really think it is, and this is something that I I think is of effect across the board, is just that the way that we think about systems and the way that we communicate how to manage systems did not grow with the amount of technology and advancements that we had. So mm. the millennial generation got a lot of mixed messaging because a lot of changes happened very quickly, unexpectedly, that people didn't know how to navigate. And so they were just like, try and true, do this. And it was a system that no longer worked. And no one knew, no one realized that it no longer worked. And you so know, now we're here like, this shit don't work. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. I was watching something this, I was watching something this week and I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to get this so wrong. But I was watching something this week and they were talking about like the generations and the, 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 the changes in times. And there's like, and, I, and, and we also did this at work. We were, they were, we were doing a DEI focus leadership development institute at my job, but the way that we approached it was via generations. But there's something that happens almost every 20 years. There's a cycle that happens. And maybe it's not 20 years, but there's a cycle that happens mm -hmm. that a time of trial tends to follow a time of innovation, which the time of innovation follows by a time of comfort. And that comfort, therefore, is followed by the fall of the comfort, which is, becomes the time of trial, which comes to innovation, which comes to comfort, that comes to, and so this is like the okay. cyclical thing that keeps happening. Right. And you can see it in our generations. You can see when that's happened in like between, even if you go back to, if not the boomers, if you, baby boomers, if you go back to the silent generation, which would be their parents, right. you can see just between there until now that that rotation happening probably twice. Yeah. Um, and so that was interesting to think of, but they were also talking about how, so normally in that typical cycle, you have run into a child going, no, you don't know what you're talking about to the adult. And then as they become a further adult going, oh, now I see what you're talking about. But because technology is moving faster than it has in the past, that same child who was saying, no, you don't know what you're talking about to the adult is now, and saying, oh no, you're right, is now also saying, oh no, you're right to the child. Because the child behind them, because things have shifted so much that the child was also right. Because things are not what it used to be, even though we're like, we know what it, how it's gonna be because it, there's always been this cycle, but the cycle's not being, the cycle's not cycling. Like it wasn't anymore. And, that, but, and, I, and I, it was some video I just saw like this week about how that pattern, it may not be the same pattern, but that sort of pattern of like, we're used to going, oh no, I'm sorry, you're right, mom. When we become more mom age or whatever, that now we're saying, oh no, I'm sorry, you're right, child. Because right. now we're seeing that it's not, that the child may be more in the know than we are because the pattern didn't keep whole, didn't keep true now because knowledge is changing so much. Yes. And so I think 
to all of that, to all that's the end is sort of like what you're facing, what millennials ran into. Because as a, so I'm Gen X, but I'm the very end of Gen X. And so they, they started calling this one group zillennials that fall in, in a hybrid right between Gen X and millennials. And it's about a four year window mm-hmm. that covers both groups. And, and it really starts like 79 to like 82. So there's a very small window of people who remember rotary phones, mm. who remember when we got touch tone. And if you had a rotary phone, when touch tone became a thing, you had to dial one, one, because you, when you had to do pound, because you didn't have a pound. So like, these are things that I remember growing up is that we had to dial one, one when we had the rotary phone, because you had no number sign. Right. Which pound, which is now hashtag, you yes. know, like, Yo, the way that, okay, I'm sorry, continue, because no, there's no, a lot of like, for that, that I'm like, the one that hits me really hard is when um, someone did a video on, like, they were talking to, like, they were like, wait, why does the save symbol look like this, like, square? And I was like, it's a floppy disk, girl. <laughs> yes. And I was like, she don't know what a floppy disk is. <laughs> Give me a few minutes. I could pull up one because I have some floating around this house. I have some, we had a whole bunch floating around and I remember using it in middle school to save my stuff. And I was like, where's my floppy disk? <laughs> Used it in college. So, <laughs> and the worst and thing like, is when that sucker got corrupted in the middle, because we didn't have, we went from floppy disk to uh, the, the bigger ones, the zip drive or whatever. Yeah. So it was the bigger drive that we had and it held on, held more. And now we have these little tiny things, you know, but like. So, that easily gets lost. I miss my floppy just a little bit because I stay be losing that USB. I'm like, you know, but, but like the, it's at the, the bottom of my bag. I mean, I, I remember when not even the hard floppy, just the 3.4 one, but we had the bigger, the 4.5 one, the bigger one that we used to have. It really was floppy. Um, like this, like, so I, I remember when computers started going home. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, computers at home at first were more so people who worked in tech or were rich. So my uncle had a computer in his house long before we did. But when I was nine, that's when we got a computer. And we were like fortunate to have a computer back then because that was huge. But it was still working on DOS. Like, and most people were like, what's DOS? Like, they, they don't even understand what that is, you know? Like, okay, yeah. So just think about those days when your computer's rebooting. All you see is the, the words on the screen and just the dot, like, like when it's just the words, like not an image, not a graphic image, but just the words. That's how a computer used to start for real. And that was DOS. And that's like- Well, the, that's when you had to type in and everything, like in the movies. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that, that was my, my like 80s movies I watched, like those things. Yes, that was my life. So, so, <laughs> so we grew up, those of us, who, especially who were millennials, we grew up with like this really old tech. Like I had, I had a typewriter. I mean, typewriters are cool now, but I, that was my favorite toy as a kid because my grandmother gave me her old typewriter. Mm-hmm. So I had typewriters and I had, diff- I had like her old typewriter that you could almost break a finger pressing into. And then I had the more modern wow. typewriter. And then we had word processors. So when I got to college, I thought I was cool bringing a word processor. And mm-hmm. I was like, I need to use a computer. This is word processing thing is garbage. You know, <laughs> but like I got to college bringing my little word processor 
to my dorm and that's how I did my first papers on a word processor, which was stupid. <laughs> I was so happy by sophomore year when I had a boyfriend who made me a computer. And that's how made I you a computer? Yes. That's and then as hell. And then I learned how to make computers and like that is super cool. So yeah, like but <laughs> but like these are all the like but so we but we came from this time where there was like this very low tech again we were dialing one one when you had to press pounds because we didn't have that yet we didn't have the touch tone phones we still had the rotaries we were still attached to the wall we sat in the living room like, next to the wall because that's how far the cord went you know <laughs> and so, but like by the time you were doing it that was like that was like that was choice when we were doing it it weren't choice <laughs> you know <laughs> it wasn't choice but when we were doing it that was the only options back then right. um and then it, it became choice <laughs> it was only in my grandmother's house because she refused to get any other phone she was like right here and then she got an, an extended phone like cord and that's mm -hmm. when it started moving places but most of the time we were just like hello yes exactly right. but so, in my house we had the it, there was it, it was a we could move it <laughs> see because then we also had cordless eventually like we we were around for all those things that changed and so that's why the zillennial group was different because the people the exes are were a little slower to change in technology because their old stuff was already the old stuff like i remember my black and white tv there's a picture of me as a child going when we got our colored TV, you know, <laughs> like those things were big deals back then, you know, but like, like your group won't necessarily remember having, getting the new color TV, you know, yeah. the color TV was always there or like my niece will not really remember. Well, they will, because we had it in our house, but like the bigger TV, they will remember flat screens or. Which is yeah, like the big TV with that big old back out that took up all that space and you were like gigantic and it was huge so my grandparents and I remember that it was a big deal that they had gotten this tv but it was the tv that Kate like it was its own stand and it was like it was massive I want to say that bad boy was like <laughs> her arms are all spread out massive. for those you can't see it <laughs> my arms are spread to the length my my wingspan i am a tall person i am 5'11 so 5'11 person's wingspan and i don't even think that i feel like it was still more like a <laughs> giant tv that was in the living room it blocked all the windows everything i remember that that was like a big thing that the tv was there but i was still very very young when they got that tv because they had a like a smaller one, but it was still had it back out. So I remember giant TVs and like it's very funny when I go into antique shops or like thrift stores and those TVs are there. And I'm like <gasps> I heard, did you hear? And I don't know, do you remember Tom's Diner, the song? La da dee, la dee da, la da dee. Yeah, that's right. I love that song. I so, know. They just made remade that song. Of all the songs that I've never heard remade, I heard it remade last week when I was in physical therapy. And I was like, I have now heard everything. 
everything. <laughs> like, this song was remade. This okay. all songs. <laughs> this is the one we went with. It's like she's stand begging for money. Okay. 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 Great. Um, sure. Wonderful. And so everything comes around and we end up looking older. But I think so. But again, so like I know that they made this millennial group because there was a technology boom. Like we all we had nothing. Then we had beepers. Then we had cell phones. Then like and it became flip phones. Like we saw all of this in our time. Like this such and it was and it was it wasn't there before us. It moved with us. So as we got older it showed up with us and it just sort of grew with us. And I think that's why this millennial group became a thing because we were in this weird place that as we were born, these things just sort of came in with us. It came of age with us. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why they started saying like, there, there is this weird group that doesn't fit the, the X or doesn't really fit millennials because we fall in this weird place. But I do think, and I'm hearing you because I've said a lot, but I hear you that I think millennials as a general group has gotten a lot of mixed messages. And I think that's partially, probably because some of your parents are probably uh, uh, like uh, the end of boomers, or right. baby boomers. And then some of your parents are Gen X. Right. <laughs> and so then that's also a mixed bag there because you have this group who's like, we're not gonna be like our parents who were boomers. And wilding out, we're doing things different. And then they taught their kids to do things different while I am, the product of baby boomers at the end of their baby at the baby boomers who are like going to school you won't get this good job you won't make sure you have shirts you won't have 401k you won't learn how to type <laughs> and i'm over here like i think i want to be an artist no i'm gonna go to school go get this degree <laughs> You want to have a job. You want to have a career. That was a big thing. That was the, that was the word. Always they were like, you're not going to have a job. You're going to have a career. And it's crazy because do careers even, I feel like careers don't even exist anymore. Exactly. They're just really long jobs. It's, you just <laughs> jump in jobs. And then people are like, I'm building a business <laughs> from all of my acumen, from all of these jobs that I've picked up. So it's yeah that was that was the narrative and it's what framed everything and even like framed because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I had to go to college I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go to college it was like we're going to college because that's what we're supposed to do so that's what I'm gonna do and I was like I think I want to write I think I just want to be a writer and my mom was like no that's not a <laughs> <my> job <laughs> And I think also because I didn't exhibit qualities for writing positions that were jobs. So like a journalist or a TV writer or things like that. That's not what I was doing. I was writing poetry and like stories sometimes, but not really. It was mainly poetry and I wasn't living, sleeping, breathing, writing all the time. That just wasn't my flow. I was like, I was a very much like intuitive with the emotion kind of writer and so from my mom's perspective in wanting to make sure that I was stable and secure after her time of growing as the end of a baby boomer and watching those changes while she grew up she was just like no <laughs> you need 
a career stability and a 401k and m matching <laughs> to like, no, go to school. So I went to school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my mom at the time had been looking into speech language pathology because she had thought about going into it. And she was all like, I think you would be great at this. And I said, uh, okay, I like, I like people who talk or whatever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sure, let's do that. And that's how I got into this field. And I am appreciative of this field. It has taught me a lot. It has taught me a lot about the way people communicate, the way that we send messages, the way we receive them and how that affects everything that we do. But if I had had a different leading narrative, I don't think I would be in this career. Mm. And that's something that kind of, after like not even at like when I was graduating college I had a bit of like a, a like a, a small mental breakdown where I like I had a loss of identity so I really just didn't know what I was doing I had thought about changing my my um major to linguistics which was like even worse <laughs> like it was like we're going for sociology which was like oh you can do a job here but you still have to get a master's degree to linguistics where you're like so you're just studying forever you're just paying people money forever hopefully you learn a language and become an interpreter or become some kind of other language instructor maybe it was so very it's like an even larger question mark and then I didn't, and I switched back to, I did, I switched to linguistics, then I switched back to speech, stayed a classics major, and then I was graduating and I had no idea what I was doing. And I like, I kind of fell apart. And I think that kind of comes about from this narrative that was embedded in my beginning narrative and how I define myself. And then the space I was in and seeing where people were moving and feeling like I was in the wrong place and not really actually knowing what my place was. And that's something that I'm still reflecting on and learning about and kind of working through now in my thirties, but it's just a clearer picture now because of the advancements in technology that is now like, I can YouTube that, I can Google that, I can reflect on that, I can read this book. There's so many books now that were never around before. <laughs> and so there's the pleasure of that, but there is something about growing up in that later time of the millennials where that would have already been in place. And so you would have been starting from that space instead of me reflecting and going backwards to there to start again. But again, I guess like really thinking about it, everyone probably goes through this. It's part of everyone's growth, but. No, I think, but I think it, it is, I mean, everyone has this journey of who am I? Some people know early, but a lot of us are just like bumping through this world and there is expectations put upon us. And, and you know, I, I do speak to my younger colleagues and advise them the same advice that my sister gave me. And I'm, and I think there is like, so even back to that DEI, not DEI, well, that DEI focused um, LDI and my job, you know, we would, when we were talking about the different generations, it was also about what can you get from those different generations? Like, what can they offer? 
so the younger ones can give you new perspectives, new ideas. They can challenge you with new techni technologies and innovations and, and concepts. But the older ones can give you stability or the ability to say, like, we've tried that before and um let's not let's not waste time on this nonsense because we've done that you know like and some of it like some of it is absolutely like you need the balance between the two right you need the new idea but you also need to go like oh we tried that new idea let's not even spend time wasting time on the new that new idea let's go to a new new idea you right. know let's so, build off of that new idea but make it better, maybe? Yeah. Because maybe we, what we have, we can do, but maybe you can make it better. Better idea. Yeah. <laughs> because we already done did parts of this, and we can tell you the parts that's going to fail. But we, but let's see the other parts. But let's see the other parts. You got other, you got additions? Awesome. And, and, and so, like, there's a, there's a mix of it. And so I always tell my colleagues, like, I get the jumping. And I, I definitely think jumping has its benefits. And there's another video. There's, there's the one guy, and I never know his name. I've watched his videos. And it may not have been his videos. It wasn't his video. But I've watched all these random, like, shorts on YouTube. And one of them was like, oh, I only make $27 an hour. And they were like, when I've been working here for X, Y, Z years. And they're like, but, you know, they, there's other people who have to make that. Now, one guy's like, you make $27 an hour. Because, like, he's, like, he's been there longer. He's like, I don't make that much. And they turn to the other guy. He goes like, oh, I make $28 an hour because he just joined. So now they made him, gave him more because he was newer. Right. And so, like, sort of that whole, like, when you're jumping into a new place, you can actually make more. So there is a benefit to jumping, to job jumping, because the next place is going to give you more if they have it in their budget. Right. If you're going to the right place that is competitive, jumping is definitely going to give you a better raise than staying somewhere with their annual raises, for sure. But here's the other part. When you jump too quickly, you are leaving the 401 on the table, 401k on the table. You are leaving that money that you didn't have to do any. You're, you're going to work. You're going to work for the next 20 years of your life, probably. For yourself, for someone else. Somehow you're going to be working, probably. Mm -hmm. If you worked at this place for five years, you may walk away from money that you didn't have to do anything else extra for. But show up. But show up. <laughs> and they were like, oh, she showed up. Or like... Or you just like, you shifted $20 into your 401k and they're like, ah, here's 20 extra dollars. Exactly. So, I mean, because you, you're still going to work, but are you going to make money off of what they're going to give you for working there? Or are you going to keep jumping? And is the jumping going to always be better than the 401k or the 503b? I mean, whichever type of company you're in. And that's the, that's the, that's the question. Because if you jump every five years, you may still be jumping to a better income, but you also walked away with fully vested of whatever the other place gave you. Right. So there's, there, there's that middle ground of that. Maybe you don't jump every two years, but you don't got to be there for 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we're no longer, it's not a lifetime commitment anymore. It's not like I've been working there for 30 years. No. No one said you have to do that. No one said that. <laughs> But you can stay long enough to carry some of their money with you, you know, because most places have a fully vested at five years. So you're working somewhere. You're going, going to be working for five years. And then you call it and you're like, <laughs> okay, great. That was great. Um, going to go now. Thank you for your money. Thank you for your <laughs> I'm going to carry that, roll that over to the next place too. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you know? That was great. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the amount of money I walked away with from my first job. 
And it was all because my sister, who was truly a Gen X, was like fully vested. That's the one advice she gave me when I got my first real job. Invest in it, get fully vested. I didn't put enough in it. When I walked away with money, I didn't, I didn't put in myself. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. And guess who's fully vested at their current job? Bam. (laughs) That's it. And I was like, you can torture me for five years. And after them five years, the loyalty don't have to be there the same way. (laughs) You know? I was like, that was great. Um, But now I'm fully vested. So I'm going to take every dollar you done gave me. Please and thank you. Bye. You know? So like there's somewhere that like the different, the different messages don't have to be or, but they can be an and. Right. Um, and I, so I, but I, so I think that, but I do think that your group probably has had a lot more mixed messages in part because so much information has come. And it's, and, and you guys, um, where we grew up in this change of information. So we sort of, Gen X's sort of know how to navigate all of it because we were the last latchkey kids whatever that was so we knew like just like when the pandemic happened we had no problems being home alone because that's how we the tv babysat us in our childhoods like we we came home by ourselves and we was just we knew how to take care of ourselves we knew how to self-soothe we were good so we were still i felt i was i had my key i went home by myself but we weren't calling y'all latchkey kids there's something cool about having the title latchkey kids i felt some type of way that we weren't called that i was like (laughs) I have keys to my house. <laughs> I go home by myself. But but you know, I mean, but still, like we just we still were like we still got we 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 navig- like when the when the pandemic happened, the exes were like, we good. We we've been doing this for a long time. I was quite good. I was I was like mm, inside. I never had to go outside again. I I took a lot of advantage of inside things. I was like groceries delivered yes, yes. <laughs> boxes of food that i don't have to think about yes <laughs> i was like mm-hmm. oh and i have a fire escape i'm gonna sit here i sat on my terrace for the first time in years i used to sit on my terrace all the time when i was a teen and then i stopped and then i was like oh this is nice and lovely i'll what? sit right here again <laughs> i miss this this is yes. beautiful it's great. It's a great. I mean, that's what I plan on doing on the 4th of July. And grab a chair. Sit on that that's it. And Maisie's out here talking about we're taking the fireworks to a whole new level. I'm like, that means I'll be able to see them from my fire escape all the way in the <laughs> I won't be able to see that, but I, there's a lot of little things happening between Riverdale and um, like the botanical gardens or whatever happens oh, over there. You can see all of the stuff around here. So I'm like, I will sit here and just do this. My neck will be on swivel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we sort of already said it, like some of the things that frustrate your, the state of your community is just being sort of given these mixed messages. Is there anything else that you find that may be frustrating for your community? I think also the labeling of millennials always frustrated me mm. because it was a back and forth. It was like, oh, they're millennials. Oh, they're not millennials. Oh, they're like the, the it's like, Oh, you're Gen Y. Oh, but aren't you Gen X though? No, they're all millennials and then it's just Gen Z. <laughs> and I was just like, how about we just say that this is a complex group of people and we've all just been living our lives trying to make it because 
we grew up with the rapid exponential growth of technology and it's fucked up all our brains. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely changed everything that we like even the labeling I think I think maybe I mean generally speaking the generations are 15 years like that's that's the gap in each generation but it may be too large of a gap now with the the change of technology yeah yeah because it's a very different experience of like my experience growing up like being born in 1990 versus my cousin's experience being born I think she's she's 95 is very different yeah and it's crazy how different it is and it's only five years and yeah it's like massive and that yeah. means something it's a different experience it's like that that part of like connecting with people i feel like in older generations it's like the connection goes across that whole span but in ours it's like there's a line where you're like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> but I think it's also because there's so much out there now too, so that it's so easy to miss so much too. So like, even if it was like for us, like anyone before, anyone before, I mean, anyone X and earlier, pretty much we didn't have that many things distracting us, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> We, we, we played the board games at home. We, we did the things together. Like we watched, we, we did watch the TV, but it was like, we didn't have the thousands of channels. Right. We didn't have a channel, a TV station, a, a whole TV, a whole cable network. <laughs> In like our when hand. I, like when I pulled out Pluto on my phone yesterday, I was like, wait, this isn't just one station. This is... You don't need cable. When I sat here and when I really thought about it, like this station, this this app, Pluto, I could turn it on. I could watch Family Ties. I could watch, like they had a black comedy channel. They had, they had everything. They had everything. I mean, there's only one black comedy channel. I'm just not going to acknowledge that. And it was like the Jeffersons. We was just like, but I'm going to let it go. But it was still like, I still appreciated that there was one. But like also the channels that you would want to watch or like that really exist, you mm-hmm. can find on there too. Like the basic cable channels are all on Pluto. So what you're saying is that I need to just watch Pluto. I mean, my thing is like, why do we have cable if I can pull up my phone and watch Pluto? I question cable every day. Every day I question. I was like, why do we still have this? I've had this conversation with Rashad. I've been like, so can we? get rid of this now and he'd be like oh the sports and I'm like I mean I still watch cable and I watch a lot of old shows on cable because again I think my when when the pandemic started I wasn't doing this but now at this point in this whole pandemic I'm watching my old shows I watch old stuff in the beginning of stuff but the old stuff made me comfortable now huh what are the old shows so there's a channel called rewind mm-hmm. that plays all the 80s and 90s shows so different strokes head of the original head of the class um designing women all of those shows that were okay. from that time period there's a show antenna T- there's a channel antenna tv which is where rewind sprouted out of so rewind is a new station but oh. antenna tv was before that so antenna tv had some of those shows before 
but Antan TV will more likely they may have your Sanford and Son. I'm not sure if they do anymore, but it'll have like the older shows. So you'll see Archie Bunker Place. You'll see okay. those shows. But Family okay. Ties may be Family Ties. Um, Who's the Boss is all on Rewind, but um, older is going to be on Antenna TV. So I've watched both of those. And then like, there's another channel, The Start, which is a women's empowerment channel, but it's still old shows. So you'll watch like Crossing Jordan and all the shows where like there's women leads who are like detectives and all that other stuff. That's fun. So you, Medium, um, Ghost Whisperer, all those, uh, even uh, Touched by an Angel, those are all on that channel. You don't remember Touch by Angel? Touch by Angel had Della Reese. She was the main angel. And then um, some other people. <laughs> that, one, that one missed me. I didn't see that one. Okay. So that's okay. But it was like there was angels who would come in and interact with regular people and help them get their life right um, because God wanted to talk to them. Sometimes Angel of Death was there to take them, but they were like, try to fix something before the Angel of Death took them or, you know, whatever. But um, so it's like two to three angels trying to intervene in this moment. Okay, that sounds yeah. like interesting. I mean, it's basic. This is like an 80, 90s show, but like it was still like enjoyable. Yeah. So, um, and it was like first, like sometimes I'm really touched by it. I'm like, oh, praise God. Like I had, I had some, I had some real like, emo like, mm, yeah. I feel that. Yes. <laughs> I've had those moments. So, like, I've been self-soothing with a lot of old TV. So, like, not all of that is on Pluto yet that I've seen. But, like, also, I don't understand why we have a whole cable on our phones now. Forget the additional apps. I didn't pay for Pluto. That's a free thing. I'm just like, oh. I'm you probably have, watch. like, it's like a free subscription. It probably is a free subscription. It comes with. Yeah. Verizon or whatever, but like it is a thousand channels. That's dope. <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? I, I mean, I just discovered it yesterday. But that all said, you know, my group just because all this came with us, we sort of just rock with whatever comes. Like mm -hmm. everything that comes, it's just like, yep. I mean, the first thing I remember is Challenger blowing up. So every other tragedy that happens along so the way, I, it's like another, another one. That's a lot. Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. like, hmm, that was. Yes, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, there's literally, I wrote about Challenger. It was like, Challenger happened when I was like in first grade. I have an assignment when I was, like, we were writing. We saw the shuttle go up into the sky. <laughs> and I look at that assignment and I'm like, I wonder how they hit the fact that it blew up on us. While we were watching it go up. They were not ready. They were like, so you're gonna, you guys are gonna, Right about how that experience was, what you saw, how you feel. And then there was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but none of us, like at least none of my assignment wrote about the bad parts. So I was like, did they just like change the channel real quick? Did they like, what? Like, was it on a delay and it got in the way? Like, I don't know why we didn't talk about it and why it's not in my writing, but I knew that, that assignment was absolutely the challenge when it went up. I'm just like, huh. We didn't talk about it. Teachers came back, came the next day, and they were like, "We're not doing it. We're not addressing this." <laughs> and I mean, I had a hat for Challenger, and I like Ooh. it was a crazy thing. But like, so we just knew to move with it. But I think your group, like, just never had 
it, it, it was, you guys came into like an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they blasted it. They were like, okay, here is how you do math without a calculator. Here is the decimal system. Here is like, ooh, a computer. And then it was like, technology only, typing always. Look, Google this, no encyclopedias. Google it, do this, do that. Oh, but you still Wiki need- is God, even right. if it's a bad source, use Wiki everywhere. Right, <laughs> you're like, wait, what? And it was like, ask Jeeves, don't ask Jeeves. <laughs> I don't even remember ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask you about that. That was it. Ashley's was everything. And then you were like, don't use that. Then it was, um, oh my gosh, what was that? What was the site that you used to get directions? MapQuest. 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 No MapQuest. They're terrible directions. Print out your directions. You don't need them anymore. Don't print out anything. <laughs> it was like, it was a fucking madhouse of changes. And they were like, they were like, forget everything we've ever told you. Do this instead. <laughs> yeah. And yes. it was just, you're just sitting there and you're like, okay. And they talk about how we're like null to violence, but I feel like we had to become like numb to everything because changes happen so fast that you were just like, okay. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And it was like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. We were gonna do this now, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> okay." And here so, we are. <laughs> so, something beautiful about your group. I think that all of that also made us very adaptable. That even though we have these setbacks and we are very confused and we don't know what we're doing we also have found ways to make it our own, to make it ours. And I think the other thing that I love is we also grew up in a time that was very heavy and proactive in diversity and setting that tone, which has influenced so many creators and writers that are now trying to push that forward again. Because I remember the shift that happened where it was so many of these black and brown faces on television and how that really like overnight was like we're not doing that anymore and the effect that had on us and being like wait what happened to my show what happened to taina what happened to vessel raven mm-hmm. what happened and then we were like oh forget this we can we can do this we can make our stories we can work it out and how that has led to where we are now, where there's all of these creatives and all of these voices telling the stories of marginalized communities being pushed forward. And that's because we broke through the door to make it happen. And I, and I do appreciate that. We also had great music, so much good music, love it. Sean Paul. Sierra. <laughs> I saw all of their come-ups. <laughs> I was there when those tracks first hit. <laughs> Great times. 
I have to say, as you say this, you, you you're describing this. I was like, wait, that's you're talking about like Issa Rae and um just her creating like awkward black girl. And Issa Rae is a millennial. She's a millennial. And I mean, you weren't spe- speaking to her specifically, but like you're, you're the plight you were talking about was like essentially like a lot of things that came up out of YouTube and a bunch of people who were just like, yeah, we're going to create what we're not seeing. Right. And, and, I, I, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. It's like a wonderful thing. And it was, a, and it was because we got kind of thrown into it. It was because it was like, we're writing all our notes. We're typing all our notes. You have a binder of giganticness. Just, you don't need paper. You don't need paper anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> and being kind of thrown into it and then trying to find these spaces to just express yourself and having like um, the AOL chat and finding chat rooms to talk to people and <laughs> navigating Messenger and then navigating MySpace <laughs> and deciding that you're gonna like record yourself doing something stupid. And then all of those terrible shows, which were still important in order to open up people to do stupid things on, on a camera, like Jackass. I hated that show so much, so freaking stupid. But it was important because it gave it gave us leeway and space to do crazy, ridiculous things and be like, it's okay. Mm. And just kind of put yourself out there and kind of throw yourself with it and roll with it. And I think that is a beautiful thing that was taught to us. I can't even express how many jobs I get from the simple fact that I'm so adaptable. That's like a big thing when they say to me, they're like, oh, you just like roll with all the punches. And I think coming up, in that space, that in-between space where we kind of got thrown into it really helps with that a lot. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, I just, I like, I'm just like, I, I like, I have nothing else to even say after that. <laughs> I think you, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever really gotten caught up in the different generational stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been very focused on my generation and maybe because I'm a baby, the baby. And I just get like, oh, but it's, I'm the baby. Gotta love me. You <laughs> know? Gotta love what's happening here. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really think I pay attention to like all the different groups or the things that signify the different groups. Um, I do see some differences in the different groups. And I do think there are some. I think in some ways, some of the groups do live up to their, to their things too. Like I think Gen X, um, I'm like, now I got to think about like, what is the Gen X known for? I think, uh, I mean, now we're just a forgotten group and we are. <laughs> everyone, like we're called the lost generation because everyone legitly jumped from boomers to millennials. And we're like, hey, hey. It, did we you, were did you know, did we, we just never had okay thanks um I do think we're cynical I think um I think we are a little bit more rebellious um I think that's all very much part of I think we're sarcastic group as a as a trend I think that is true of Gen X um 
I think there is a little bit of, and I think this goes to that chart that we were talking about before about the shifting. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, millennials having had it to a degree a little bit easier yeah. has been a little bit less inclined to work as hard as some of the predecessors and in the ways that we see work. So I'm not going to take away from what millennials are doing, but I'm going to say that how earlier generations may have defined work, millennials are not about that. And so it was very frustrating to some of us. And I do think like, I'm not going to say things, but I have seen some cutting corners that I'm just like. But again, and <laughs> but again, that kind of just reflects how much change happened because it's like the way they describe millennials and they're just like, you're lazy and you don't want to do this work and da, da, da. And I'm like, I feel like you're talking about that end bit because us over here fucking burning our asses off yeah there is a level of comfort that we that we were birthed into and grew in that definitely influenced how we describe hard work for sure yeah because there is like I had a conversation with my mom the other day because I've been like oh I have to do this paperwork with my job and it's so hard and the trauma that happened before and she's just like just do it I don't understand why you can't just do it and so there so there's that there is an aspect that we are we are in us we were bred in a space of comfort and luxury and getting things quickly and getting everything that we asked for because there's also that kind of like aspect of the of economics at that time where it was like credit cards and money was flowing because we didn't realize how much money we should have been flowing and (laughs) all of that kind of gave this cushion that taught us that oh there is abundance and I can abundantly ask for anything I want and get it with not like barely lifting a finger and then having to get hit really hard because we left that space of comfort into a space of like turmoil me and like what do you mean I can't just do this what do you mean I have to work that hard that's ridiculous I've never had to do that before. Why should I start now? There is a privilege there that I definitely think influences, but I feel like the hammer comes down really hard on millennials in terms of that perspective, which again stems from the fact that we are seeing what could be in terms of the way we do things. And the world is telling us that we shouldn't do it that way. And there's a disconnect that's super fucking frustrating. Yeah, I think, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, I have a lot of respect for Gen Z and, and it's, it's not the, the respect I have for Gen Z is somehow, and it may be again, who their parents are because their parents are Gen X, if you really think about it. Right. Yeah. So they're Gen X parents. So Gen X, my mom and I have these discussions all the time. I was about to say arguments. I'm going to say discussions. We have these discussions all the time because my mom's a baby boomer. Um, about student loan debt and debt period. And yes, my mom has debt and I have debt, but our debt is different. And my group, it may be the beginning of your group, but I think it may have just ended with my group. It could be the beginning of your group. We were, we were 
preyed upon. And when I say that, you know, it was something after me. So it could be, it could maybe hold your group at the, the very early group. It definitely, yeah. I where, went from 90 to 92. Yeah, where they finally changed the laws that credit cards couldn't go to colleges to try to solicit that. Where's all of my debt? Well, now that my student loan got forgiven, but where's all of my debt? All my debt, most like 90% of my debt is my credit cards. Well, when did I get my credit cards? I was helping my friend who had a job to get people to join and get credit cards. So she never got the credit card, but I was like, oh, you, you're, this is your job. Sure. I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. And it was a peer to peer sell of a credit card. And I've had these credit cards since credit card, since college. And that's how they got me. And that's how they've had me this entire time. I pay rent and credit card debt because we were just too stupid to know. And even though I was told not to, and I thought I was smart enough not to, life happens and you have you need those few extra dollars and it's over there and you keep doing it. But Gen Z has learned because I think of Gen X group, like I've had mentees who were in the Gen Z group and they were like, oh no, I'm not doing student loans for college. I'm not doing this for, I'm not getting a credit card or I'm not doing it that way. And they, they were a lot more aware. And I think even millennials, even the latter group has gotten into, they may have said, I'm not going to get into that debt that way, but they haven't had the financial planning the same way either. Yeah. But I think Gen Z is like, nah, we're going to be smarter about this money business. I think millennials are definitely innovative and have come up with some great ideas and changed the game in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we got to give y'all props for that. Um, but I think, but it's interesting to see those things that are happening with each group and those things is, is partially who your parents are. Because if you see your parents struggling because they got credit card debt, you're going to be like, I'm not doing that same thing. I'm that life. You're like, <laughs> and also the amount of expression that occurred from parents. So like my parents didn't show that they had struggles financially. So I didn't know what financial struggle was or if the str- there was a struggle financially, it didn't happen until like I was older. And at that time it was kind of just like, oh, we're just not going to have cable this week. It wasn't like I didn't pay the bill. So thus we don't have cable. It was just like the cable's out. And I was like, okay, bet. I'm going to just watch DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I'm going to just watch my VHS tapes. So it didn't really hit the same way. It wasn't, it with the messaging didn't hit the same way. So, and when I went to college, they, yeah, they were still there. They yeah. had a whole fair on the quad for credit cards. Mm-hmm. and opening up bank accounts and doing this and that so they like one of my roommates in college had like ridiculous credit card debt because they yeah. came they came even early they came to the seniors at their at their high school yeah and that whole revamp that they did with FAFSA to like teach you about debt and da 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 that crap didn't hit I was already technically I should have been graduated but I had that year that I had to take off because I got sick. So it came through in like my senior year. They were like, before you fill out your FAFSA, you have to go take this course. And then they sat you down at the computer and you had to go through this whole thing. And I was like, too little, too late. And besides (laughs) that, if I'm going to go to school, I'm still going to have to fill this out. So it don't make a difference. I was like, so now I'm informed that I'm about to go in debt, but it's not going to make a difference. Thank you. Because I'm already in debt and I have to finish school. (laughs) 
it was like I remember that so much because I was so because for you know the bursar office is trash they yes. never do like it's always a it's, mm-hmm. it's always like a trial it's like Hercules gauntlet going <laughs> to the freaking bursar office so I'm already annoyed I have my papers blah 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 trying to figure this out I filled them out finally I'm like okay great rolled up in there and they were like you have to go fill out that. I don't actually, I don't even think this was undergrad. I think this was graduate school that they made me do this. So graduate school. <laughs> and they were like, there's a line because everyone's going on the computers. You have to take the course and then we'll fill out the form and then we'll sign it. And I was like, what? I remember the course. <laughs> I remember I have master's degrees. I know yes. what you about. So yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, you're late. And, the- and, I, and the rollout was like, we're going to help college students, da, 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 da. And I was like, you're late. And, and you're not really helping anyone. You're just telling us how we're going to get into debt. Like you're not, if we're going to go to school, we're still going to have to fill you out. We're still going to have to do the loan. You're just, you're just telling us the, you're just making it clear the ways in which we will be in debt. When we weren't clear about it before. Right. So that we can't <laughs> sue you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so we've, we've talked a lot about your generation. Uh, we've, talked, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Um, I, I don't want to make this conversation come towards a close, but it is. And we don't need to break the record on how long this conversation goes. Um, before we get to the last question or so, uh, or as we get to the last question or so. Is there any fun facts about your community you think we should know? Fun facts about my community. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll just say that you guys have birthed great people in technology like Issa Rae, because you already started saying that, you know, there's, we've touched on that, but yeah. There were many number one hits during our time, I feel like. The rise of Mariah Carey, the comeback of Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was during your time, but they were not from your time. And that's what I said, during the time, during the time. Out there. I said during, oh, wasn't our time like a big time for like girl and boy groups? Yeah. The rise of that. Yes. I'll there you that. go. Spice Girls. Stop right there. Thank you very much. I need somebody with the human touch. <laughs> time spice world excellent film love it i will never co-sign that but okay love it i'm a little (laughs) let's put like this i was working in the music store at that point in time because i was in college and i was just like yes no i just watched itself but i just mm -mm. yeah you had to have a a love for the spice girls to allow that to love your heart because Mm -hmm. it is a ridiculous film of ridiculousness it doesn't make any sense the plot line all okay. over the place. As long as you understood. That's I do. I want to make sure. It, I do. It's a ridiculous <laughs> film, but has my heart forever and ever. So yeah, there it is. Oh, also the time of like, I think it was like, I feel like it was the end of arcades as they were before. Mm. Like, because I remember the giant arcade that was on 42nd Street. Mm-hmm. With like the huge screen and da da da, mm-hmm. and the end of that era. Yeah, I mean, there's still some, yeah. but it's not the same. It's not the same. 
it's not like when you just like went in there and you're just was like, it barcode was that what it was called yes yes barcode oh great time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and the end the end of like the time of record stores the way that we knew them so you like, want to know random funny fact my first job was at a place called record town and they still exist but the record town is fye now but what's hilarious is now they sell random tchotchkes when records and vinyl is back to being popular. So right. had they kept their original name, they could actually still be selling records, right? They would have been, they would have been the head of the town. Seriously? <laughs> People would be like, record town still here. It would have been a whole story like the like the last blockbuster. Exactly. But like, yeah. you know, instead they sell like now they're more like a um, what's that place? Uh the the place that sells random stuff that uh i can't even think of it that i won't even describe it because of how i would describe it would be terrible but um the place because they sell makeup and they sell mature stuff and you know you know the place that yeah it's it's, it's the store that's all over like the place you know the store but i'm not going to say anymore because i'm just going to describe it badly it's going to get worse so it's just one of those stores that randomly sells a whole bunch of stuff that you go and get your random stuff in so that's like that store now they don't sell the immature stuff that i know I of got but it still exists and we're just like every time we see one of us spot it we're like there's an fye <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> i remember when um, so is there a fun fact about yourself you want to share madam um i was gonna say butterfly but that doesn't seem right but it is right but it's not right because that there's actually right. a play yeah <laughs> can't let's not go that's <laughs> not what i'm trying to say but you yeah. know where I was trying I to do it because <laughs> my book is called Butterfly Speaks. So you were like, mm, better be just Lady Butterfly. We can do we that. Go. There yes. we go. Because that's a whole nother. Yes. <laughs> it's a great play. Great play. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fun fact about me um, I permed my hair my sophomore year of high school. Everyone knows me as having natural hair, braids or anything, but I did permit sophomore year. I hated it. I hated it so much. My hair looked wispy as hell. I was like, what is this? And it like laid on my face. And then I had to do so much work to get it to do. You know what I had to do for this? Nothing. I picked my braids out, done. That bad boy, I had to put in rollers and sleep on them, hated it. Props to anyone who does perm their hair and love it. Happy for you. Live your truth. Not for me. And even more so, I did it because everyone kept telling me that I needed to perm my hair. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what is the big deal? So I went, my curiosity got the best of me. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Hated it. And then all my hair broke off. And I wore these very adorable twists for my junior year that made me look very adult. It was a wild ride. <laughs> I grew I grew up like five years. I was 16 years old. I looked like I was a nice 20. <laughs> like I when I look it. back at those pictures, I'm like, high school, wild. <laughs> That's a mature chick right there. <laughs> See, millennials went through a whole bunch of changes. <laughs> That's how they, they they just they rolled with everything. And see, and here this is the thing. This this story is actually so perfect for like summing up a millennial, right? You get old school teaching about what your hair should look like. Yep. And then you like, I'll do it because I guess my ancestors are saying, or my my elders are saying, I gotta do this thing. So I do the thing. 
because popular opinion says this and you do the thing and then you go like nah that's not for me let me go live my own life and truth and do it my way and that's how I'm gonna roll and I think you just that sums up the whole <laughs> experience of millennials for this conversation but that, that short period of recovery you like I did that <laughs> that was wild that was trash gotta recover do my own thing <laughs> and like this and it's like many cycles of that over and over and over again <laughs> I love it I love it I love how I love it so do you have a poem because you are a poet that you would like to share with us I do and I'm related, I tried to find one that kind of related to this topic of kind of like change and expectations a little bit. So this poem is called, I'm waiting for a landlord's signature so I can move out. Butterflies are living in my stomach this weekend. They're fluttering and settling and crawling and fluttering again because I don't know what I'm doing. My mother has no blueprint for this new age selling of reconstructed American dreams that fits into a 300 square foot apartment. I gave a man all my money. 23 contact hours with students who couldn't speak, loan hundreds from a doting father whose only financial plan is don't spend money. $250 from my mother who got her check that day, heaven sent. $200 from my sister who has only four to her name and is currently breaking up with her boyfriend and needs a new place to stay. $300 from the unexpected love of my life who reassured me everything will be all right by squeezing my hand I gave to a man in a teal polo shirt that stretched across his arm, muscles below a well-established beard that has that soft point where he could look like a Russian dictator, but he's too black for that. So he just looks stylish and strong and trustworthy. And a simple cap on top makes him also down to earth. So you'll have no worries. And his name is so similar to my boyfriend's that I believe the universe sent him to be our champion. So I gave this man all my money. I have 90 cents left in my bank account and a verbal guarantee that I have an apartment. So butterflies are living in my stomach this weekend because all I have in my hands are solid hopes and dreams first molded out of clay malleable and changeable until laid out in the sun of my efforts hours of studying to get a piece of paper that equated to i was enough to get certified to actually be enough for my career six months of waiting and four interviews of impressing with hair slicked down so as not to scare employers away with my apparent ethnicity and the same white ruffled shirt to prove I'm classy. And then finally, confirmation from my first day of work where I served a true MTA commuter sentence of nine months of two hour commutes to do something that brought both joy and intense anxiety. As I learned, I'm not actually ready to solve the communication issues of the children of overworked internet savvy New York parents. They ask questions I don't have answers to while drowning in paperwork that delayed checks, but keeping in mind always the molded dreams of being a professional career woman, debt-free with one Burberry coat, and most important, an apartment with at least two closets 
and a washer dryer in the building. All this molded in my hands, carved with bloodstained tools from my parents' sacrifice, uneaten meals, the proving I'm more than my black skin battles that lasted years, internal fights resulting in tears, broken marriage but established parent partners after 13 years, eight moves and 10 years of my childhood searching for better as they fought the good fight as any tail end baby boomer who survived the crack epidemic could, they fought for me and my sister, but especially me, looped in my sister to protect the baby from the sinister world that was waiting to deny me. They put all their learned lessons, memories of mistakes and unlimited faith in me, which I molded into these hopes and dreams, resting on the sandy foundation of the verbal promise of the stylish man in the teal polo shirt who I gave all my money. So <laughs> I can't answer any questions about going out for drinks or in reference to the economy, what do I think or directions to Times Square or could I spare a dollar here and then there or who's bringing food to the party next week or what's going on with my job in three weeks or will I be attending an open mic or what I'll be wearing to a friend's wedding tonight? I can't speak on these things because one of the butterflies might peek out and all my fears will flow out and I'm trying to feed positive energy to my aura because all of this is going to work out because my hopes and dreams are solid and my will can shuck sand into sturdy ass glass. But in the meantime, me and my atrium of butterflies are gonna be sitting here real quiet. Wow, that was amazing. And I do feel like I have heard this poem before. You asked me how I heard it. And I was like, I'm not sure, but I have, but just sitting there listening to it, listening to it in the context of this whole conversation, it lands differently because the struggle of your parents and all that landing there and then you finding yourself. Um, and then like hearing the, the friends and what they want from you or they're asking of you. <laughs> like, so hearing the two different types of generations in conversation in that poem really land. Um, land so much differently um listening this time having had this conversation with you so that was so amazing if you could give one piece of advice to those of us who are not from the millennial generation as to how we should engage or listen to or consider the plights of that of your group what would you tell us what would you have us know or what would you want us to do uh, I think the big thing is to listen, that sometimes when we're saying things, it's not that we need you to solve the problem, we just need you to listen. Mm. Because a lot of the times we can kind of solve it on our own. At least that's how I find for myself, is that I don't need you to come save me. 
I need you to just listen and hear me. And then I'll work it out myself. I also want everyone to stop saying that we're lazy. That you're what? That we're lazy. (laughs) Well, I know you personally. I know for a fact that you are not lazy. I think I think some folks may have earned that title but I also will say I will say that no one is actually lazy someone said this a long time ago no one's lazy everyone's doing something for what they think is a good so even if we don't understand how they're moving how a group is moving they're moving for what they believe to be a good even if it's just looking like not doing how we would say they should do it so to that end I co-sign you and I agree with you um so how do we get to support and follow you nora you can follow me on instagram at nora oz underscore queen that's oz like the wizard but i'm magic i am also on facebook but i don't do things on facebook but i have a page on there that's nora oz as well I'm going to do something with that, but mainly follow me on Instagram. That's where I post all the things. That's where I, that's where I be at and purchase my book, which is linked in the bio on my Instagram, Nora Oz, O-Z underscore queen. And Nora is spelled N-O-R-A, no H please. Don't do that. (laughs) No H, no, no, no H. No silent H, just no there's no silent age we understand. no offense to the noras who have a silent age live like live your life i just don't like when people just assume there's a nation there so you're nicer than me because for the people who say dara they saying it wrong and so they could be as offended as they want to because they're saying their name wrong it's dara <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault you y'all say your name wrong but um <laughs> okay, so i'm just letting you know it's dara <laughs> that other thing mm-mm, mm-mm. some people say it right some people say it wrong you choose it the wrong way that's good on you <laughs> feel how you want to feel about that information so, <laughs> so nora it has been such an amazing treat to talk to you to have you on this podcast to speak with you on behalf of the millennial group uh who i think that's where we landed that we understand but we understand that it's just a group that has just been totally misrepresented and yeah. i think you have done an amazing job of helping us understand your group more i will i immediately acknowledge that i didn't i probably have not done enough to learn the perspectives or experiences of the millennial generation i just know it's the group behind me um, but I didn't even know when the millennials <laughs> ended and when Z begins, like I just have had no concept of which one's which and when whatever. So it has made me today figure out which is which and when things happen. I, I am happy that you looked it up because I have looked it up multiple times and on three different websites, they had three different dates. So <laughs> I just was like, whatever well when you were born it's dead smack in the middle of the millennials so that that's that's at least one thing like you're in the middle of it so that 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 we know and and but but that explains why you may feel the the split between the two groups because you're in the middle of the group and the group is just I mean it happens I'm sure it happens in x2 but because I'm in between x and and millennials Mm -hmm. I definitely I appreciate 
some things from the millennial group, but I, because my siblings were so, even though older and gone, you know, <laughs> by the time I was really forming, but the, those early memories, I was like, I'm ex with you guys. I'm in the same group as you. They're like, you're, no, you're not. I was like, I am an ex too. I'm, we're in the same group. Like I was defending tooth and nail that I was ex. Like there was no way you were ever going to tell me I was not ex. And so I was always proud to be ex. And I'm, I am so proud to be ex, but it was so much of their stuff came into my world. But I also acknowledged that again, like we didn't have the other things to distract us. So when they were watching Video Music Box and that was the only channel and the only TV in the house or the only TV that we were watching, right. I was watching Video Music Box. Or when we were watching Kung Fu after the cartoons, I got that's tortured true. with Kung Fu because, you know, that's what, that's what my brother wanted to watch. That's what I got stuck watching, you know? So like there's all those things that I couldn't escape where in your group, because there's so much more technology and so many options and so many more screens, you could escape a lot quicker than I could. So right. there's, there becomes that easier divide between the different age groups as well. So I mean, different times of when you're born within that group. So it's been interesting learning about your group. And so I thank you for this conversation. Um, for having and me. Thank you for receiving the conversation and letting it flow and where you, where you helped take it. It was great. Yay. So this is another episode of On Behalf Podcast and join us next time. Bye everyone.